This is episode number 75 of The Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Homeowner Show. We're glad that you could be with us on this fine podcast. That, there you go. That's right. Man, I... I, I can't wait every time every week. now, every time to figure out how you're going to start that. I got to I got to do something different every time. It's it's become a thing now. I, it's a it's a personal challenge to uh, to, to be as awkward as possible. Other than the hellos, we're going to do a little something, a little little sideways. Um, but no, we're, really, we're we're glad that you guys could could be on the show, listen to the show, download the show. Please go ahead and click the subscribe button, the thumbs up, the little birdie. The beaver, whatever it is that you're using, give, give it. Send us the love with all the, the clickety clicks. Yes. Yeah, so you found us now, like us. Right. That's the, that's what you mean. You to can't say. help it. No. Yeah. It's it's inevitable. <laughs> We're lovable. So how you doing, man? I'm doing. I'm doing good. We're uh, this is this is kind of cool, man. I mean, we're episode 75. Yeah. So we're like 25 away from that 100 mark. Yes. Which I mean, like when when you and I got started, it was like, dude, we're never gonna get to 100. No, I was. I didn't know if we were gonna get to like six. Yeah, and it's it's bearing down on us like a train now. It's yeah. Like, it's like it's gonna be here tomorrow. Yeah. It's funny because like I I feel like you, you look at it and there's 52 weeks in a year. We're, right. We're weekly at this point. So just under a year, or our second year, just under our second year, we'll be at a hundred. Right. So it's it's bizarre, man. Yeah, which means that we're we've been doing this for a year and a half. Is what that means <laughs> <laughs> at this point. So. Anyway. We, it took us a year and a half to stick it to Bob Vila. That's what. <laughs> well, we're we're still working on that uh, because since we've surpassed him, right. We still, I don't know that we've still quite stuck it to him. Well, we got to, we got to, you know, keep, keep the pressure on people. That's right. We need, we need some more reviews to, uh, to, you know, just really humiliate old Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I want to get to the point where Tim, the Toolman Taylor is, is wanting our phone number. That's right. That's what I'm waiting for. Would you, would you rather have Tim or Al? And it's like, we're talking about these guys like they're real. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, Tim's real. He's just <laughs> not the tool man Taylor, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so cool. Yeah, man. We uh, th- th- so this this week, man. There was there was a little bit of construction going on around the studio, not necessarily in the studio. Okay. But we had an we had an interesting situation. So we we had the we had the roof replaced on this building about a year and a half ago. Um, and so we're doing an, another addition on the upstairs. Okay. And. As we were getting ready to put the ceiling in, we realized that the people who had built it had not, you know, surprise, had not built it to code. What? And so, anyway, there's this thing with wood width and depth and how long those pieces. So, like, they were using wood that was too small for too long of a distance. Okay, so it's structurally unsound is what you're telling me. It, the I mean, building we are currently in is structurally <laughs> unsound. It well, sure. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. Um so we had to go through and uh I'm not even have anything to do with it, but this is what had to be done. Um we had to reinforce those beams with bigger beams. Okay? So I just, it was just an interesting process to see. I mean, you basically sister up a heavier beam. And, and so what had happened over time is that it's, it was starting to sag. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, we Imagine couldn't that. we couldn't adjust the sag, you know, right? Just you know, kind of like getting old. Um, but <laughs> you couldn't adjust the sag, but you could keep it from sagging further. Sure. So that's what we did. Okay. Is, is we we sistered them up and made it, and it actually looks pretty good. Yeah. So we'll have it. It'll also allow it to have like sort of a flush, flat ceiling mm. on the inside now. Okay. So, well, um, I I one of the th- my favorite things about this place your your homestead uh-huh. is in under the 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 party barn area right. the deck and the beams that are in there <laughs> are my favorite thing because oh. uh so uh, we need to take a picture of this and like post it <laughs> because uh these aren't real beams i don't even know there there's like and I, I kid you not there's like a dozen two by fours just that have been nailed together I guess. Yeah, it's that are that are creating a beam, <laughs> and they're all exposed, so you can't miss it. It's just there, and so it's it's hilarious to me. I guess it works. I, it's I mean, still standing, str- and it's strong. I, yeah, it has to be. I, and I'm, well, I don't even know if they're like, are, are they screwed together? Are they nailed together? Are they glued together? I don't I, know. I, I mean, hope I, all of the above. So. At least, at least glued and nailed. Hopefully something. glued and screwed. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just the weirdest, most bizarre thing. <laughs> and there's there's two of them. Yeah, no. But they're strong. I, I mean, you, anytime you put a dozen two befores together, it's going to be strong. Yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't break through it. <laughs> I mean, I, I I would probably get him through half of we it. We should we should give Bruce if Bruce was Bruce Lee was still around. We should give him a whack. I don't think he could do it. No, it's yeah. I don't even know if our guest could do it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> He's a strong dude. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's that's an excellent segue, Kev. Because uh, Mad, I tried. We're we're really excited about our guest today. We we've, we've been working on 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 getting this guy in the studio for a while now. So yeah. we're we're really excited to have him in. We've got we've got Dr. Chris Zeno in the house. How you doing? Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. It's awesome. Like you're talking, you know, I can't help but I'm looking at your profile, and dude, I see your dad, man. <laughs> Holy cow! I don't see mom. I no, see your dad. Oh man, jeez. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, oh my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't have the stash though. That's the issue. No, well, his stash was. He's he's got some I serious mean, stash game. That thing, that man. Thing was. I mean, like like him and him and Sam Elliott are like. Yeah, yeah, it's a monument. <laughs> it's, so so obviously we we. We haven't. This is like the second time that we've met, but we've known about each other for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Because um, you, you were taking care of my parents back in the day and, and right. getting them all straightened out. So, which is probably a good segue just to kind of let her tell everybody. You know, tell them a little bit about your story. Where you come from? Um, I have many lives. So, which, <laughs> where do you want to start? But let's let's go all the way back to the beginning because I mean, you were you were telling us a little bit before we uh, got started with the show. You used to train some folks. You competed mm-hmm. in some uh, some competitions. Yeah. And, and won those competitions, we'll right? To, yeah. yeah. So we'll go back to 98. Let's do it. So uh, 1998, I won Mr. America. So that was awesome. You know, I was 21, uh, senior. You know, that's just when I was getting out of college, uh, University of Central Florida. So I had that title. And mm-hmm. I had my degree in exercise phys. So you have Universal Studios Florida there. So so r- real quick, so what is, what is Mr. America? Oh, it's a bodybuilding show. Okay. Yeah, you know, so competing, and you got this title like Mister Mister America. It's yeah, like, it was like the thing. Right, it was so, so cool. And I didn't know you grew up in you grew up in Central Florida. No, I grew up in New York, but then, you, like all New Yorkers do, you go down south. You go down south to Florida. Okay. So uh, I, I went, they went to Sarasota, Florida. So I went to college in Orlando. Okay. Yeah. 
So I, I grew up in Cocoa Beach. Nice. Well, that's where I won the Mr. America. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> and it is now connected. <laughs> that's there we go. Circle. Full circle. Okay, I, go. however, did not enter the Mr. America competition. But well, you you clearly would have lost. Yeah. So <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I would love to see you compete in it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, so we did that. And that, that was kind of like the thing. You know, I was doing that college training people. And... Um, then a couple of years later, and that was the whole thing, like cover up magazines, the whole thing, yeah. you know, the whole fitness stuff. And then uh, I always had like, I was starting to get like digestive problems. No mm-hmm. big deal. You know, think, think it'll go away. Then, you know, you just start having more digestive problems and I started bleeding every time I went to the bathroom. And then I played Google doctor, like, you know, yeah. if you ever played Google doctor, blood and stool is mm. cancer. My dad had died of cancer when I was 21. Mm. So I'm thinking, geez, you know, I was like, is this it? And then I, I did the immature thing is I disassociated, which means you turn your head from the truth. Mm-hmm. You turn your head from what's going on, think it'll go away. And it didn't, you know, it just yeah. got worse and worse. And uh, I went from 230 pounds to 158 pounds. Oh my gosh. And it was horrible, man. I was diagnosed with an incurable disease called ulcerative colitis. And for those of you that are listening, it's an autoimmune disease where your own body is attacking and destroying your colon. And they put me on drugs and only nothing was working. Three months of hell. And the only option was to take my colon out. And they said, we're going to have to take your colon out. You're going to be, they said I was sterile from the medication. They said, you'll be on six gram with the meds for the rest of your life. But then they're like, we don't even know if you'll get through the surgery because you're on so many immunosuppressed that we don't know like you'll probably get infection i'm like so it's like it's a horrible situation lose lose situation yeah and uh, at that time my mom who lives in sarasota florida you know she lost my dad and she lost two sons at this point so i'm like her third son who's dying and so she's a prayer warrior so she sends out that email saying you know pray for my son because she like so my two brothers who died everybody wants to know how they died um one died of a freak accident one died of a heroin overdose that my mom actually found him Oh my gosh. So that was brutal. Yeah. Right. So are these, uh, these younger, older brothers, older, older, older brothers, young, okay. the youngest. So she's going through this again. So she sends out the prayer email and, um, everybody says, well, we, you know, we bless the surgeon's hands, you know, the whole thing to get back. And one person, my anatomy teacher from 10th grade said, Hey, listen, when you come into town, I want you to see my doctor. I'm like, he's a, he's a wellness doctor. And I go, you know how a lot of people, they want to mean well. Yeah. Hey, I heard this juice is good for you. No, you know, like take aloe. It's like, stop. Yeah, okay. you know? <laughs> I don't need your help. <laughs> I'm dying over here. I'm dying over here. <laughs> and you're telling me like rub aloe on my belly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but people mean well. So well, yeah, is that kind of, yeah. that like, that meaning well, thank you so much. And uh, when I went home, he was there. I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? He's like, listen. Let's go see my doctor. He's a corrective care chiropractor. It'll change your life. And I said, what? Go. He's a, he's a corrective care chiropractor. Let's go check him out. He'll, he'll find the problem that's causing this and you'll be good. Very nonchalant like that. And I'm like, I just went to Baylor Medical, billion-dollar facility, the best doctors in the country. They can't help me. And you want this guy who has like an, uh, like a, a clinic in his home? Yeah. Mm. Like- you kidding me? Like, you serious? Let me drink some tea or something. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, dream catchers everywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so what I'm trying to say is very skeptical I was. And I said, uh, I said, thanks. I go, but I tried everything. Thank you so much. I, I, tr- I tried it all. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and this was a really good thing. And maybe this could kind of do what you guys do. If you're, if you're fighting, you're finding a tough thing in your, in your house when you're building it. He goes, you didn't try everything. He goes, cause if you tried everything, you would have had your result. Mm. I'm like, what? it was enough to open my eyes going, Oh my God, that's a, that's a true statement. Yeah. Like I, I thought I tried everything. So when you think you tried everything, you lose hope. 
and you become a victim. Right. And then you're like, well, see, I tried everything. Can't do it. But it's like, no, he's right. If you truly tried everything, you would have found your solution. Mm. And I'm like, he's right. So I want to check this guy out and listen to what he had to say. He spoke in laws. You know, your brain controls everything. I'm like, yes, it does. You know, your spinal cord goes to nerves. Yep. They go to organs. Yes. So what if I cut the head off? I would die. Right. So anything damaged in your spine and nervous system will shut down your organs. So mm. I took x-rays in my spine and my lower spine was trashed. I never felt it, but it was looked like a train wreck. From what? I don't know, you know, from car accidents or whatever. Yeah. Had you had you had some bad car accidents? Or? Know, yeah, but but like when I when I looked at that thing, it's like you know, you're like, I didn't fall off a roof. But it's mm. just like Did bodybuilding have any sure, po- you know, mean, like, possibility there? I bet you like, you know, a slightly crooked spine, you throw weight on it, it would make it worse. Yeah. But it's one of those things that's it's a compounding damage over time and years. And mm. how about like just if we never took care of something we should have been taking care of, of course, over time it, it just just like anything else, it's right. just gonna decay and be destroyed. So I saw a blind spot. So he pointed out blind spots that I know about. You know, I, we know how to brush our teeth, we know how to take care of our cars, but I just didn't know how to take care of the spine. For me, that was that was the the blind spot for me. Hmm. So I started taking care of that and uh, I was still skeptical. I'm like, when am I going to get better? Cause you know, when you want to get better, you want to get better now. Yeah. And his bedside manner was so bad. <laughs> and, and that was the best thing ever. Cause you know, bedside, you know, they try to be nice. He's like, listen, he goes, as long as you have that damage there, your body's not in the, in the environment to be able to heal itself. Mm-hmm. And he goes, put it all on me. He goes, but when you choose to take care of your problem that you have, that's affecting your life and your future. And then, then it'll be in the environment to be able to heal itself. He's like, but the day and the hour you're asking me, he's like, it's not up to me. He goes, it's up to you, your body and God. He's like, but you will get better if you don't quit on yourself, no matter how long that takes. Hmm. I was like, that was the most honest, real answer ever. Yeah. And so I chose that route out of 99% of the people tell me, do the surgery, get this removed. And and I wish I could tell you a week later, I was great. No, like three months of blood, like just seeing stuff you don't want to see, but it takes time for the body to heal. But by seven months, I was off all the drugs and totally fine. Body That's healed awesome. itself. And that was 17 years ago. Yeah. I mean, like seven months probably seemed like a long time then, oh. but like, you know, now you're just kind of, you know, it was seven months later. It was no big yeah. deal. No, but I want to let, let people know it's like, you know, that process getting back might feel like an eternity. And that's mm-hmm. why he said, I promise you'll get well as long as you don't quit on yourself. Mm. And, you know, two, three months in, it's like, I want to stop. Yeah. And because this is not working. But so I did you, saying, you I had to keep seeing him over those three or three yeah, months, yeah, seven yeah. months. Yeah. You know, correcting that spine, like braces, correct teeth. And that did the trick for me. And that's, mm. that's when I went, and then I went back to school for that. Cause like I was telling you guys before, now I had a story. Like now I didn't have just a job because mm-hmm. a job is a job, but now I have a job with an experience behind it. And when you have an experience behind something or you have actual, you know, real experience behind that thing, then every word you say or teaching that thing or dealing with that thing or helping other people, it's coming from a different place. Yeah. Because when you have experience, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. When you have experience, it's like, I was scared. I was afraid. I didn't know if it was good. like, like you have, you, you overcame all of that. Yeah. And that's part of the experience is the skepticism is, is this going to work? I don't know what happens if I lose, like it's going through the risk. It's actually having the courage. Mm -hmm. That's what courage is, is going through that and then overcoming that. And there you become now a beacon of light to help someone get through it because I felt all alone. And so now when you've been there, now you could help someone else who's in the same situation, but they won't feel alone as much as you do. Mm. And sometimes I 
tell my patients, hey, in the beginning, it's, it's okay if you want to borrow my certainty and your ability to get well. Because mm. sometimes they're losing certainty and confidence. Like, bar- I go, borrow my confidence in you. Mm. And so you start getting better. Yeah. Because you're scared. Yeah. And, and at that point, you're really running off of a different, different level of empathy mm-hmm. rather than, um, I mean, it really turns into sympathy at that point where you're saying, listen, I, I have, I have been there. I know, I do know what this is like and, and look at me like I'm, I'm good. So I, I think that does. And, and so one of the things that, um, that I can, you know, if you were to go right now and, and look at Dr. Zeno's, uh, Facebook or Instagram or anything, you're, you're going to find out pretty quickly that, uh, you're a pretty inspiring type of person that you, you, you like to inspire people <laughs> and it's part of who you are and what you do. So, uh, and, and we, we've heard it just now already as you've, you know, inspired me a little bit, just listening to that story. Um, but it also says a lot to, uh, how inspiring and wonderful story is. There's something really incredible about story. And so that, that that's incredible. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Oh, sure. No, I totally agree. And, you know, for someone who's listening, they might say, well, I don't have a story like that. It's like, no, you do. A lot of times we take our experiences for granted because mm-hmm. you lived them. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, I don't have a story. Well, your life wasn't perfect. It's like for me, you know, I had my parents growing up together. Someone you, you might have come from a divorced family or a, a single, you know, a, just a mom or a dad raising you. It's like, that's a, that's an experience. Yeah. You know, like we take those things for granted that that experience you have is something that to help someone else who went through the same experience, but may have not responded to that situation as well as you have mm-hmm. to where you overcame it. And they're still, you know, blaming Blaming the circumstances. Can I give you an example of this? Yeah. A friend of mine, his dad left, right? And so his mom raised him and he's like, was so upset about his dad, like just anger for the dad. And here he is in his forties, you know, you know, he was sitting down and he was talking to someone and still have dad issues. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, he was never there for me. You know, he, he gave, you know, because of this, I was, you know, it, I wish I would have had this, this whole thing. And he came to the realization that I'm like, well, your dad did serve you. It's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I go from your dad not being there and being the way he was like, how you as a, I go, how you as a husband, much amazing, loving husband, how you as a father loves his kids. I'm like, so because, because I don't want, I, I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. I'm like, so you see your dad did serve you. Yeah. And so when you could realize, Oh my God, this, this, this situation that I thought I was a victim of, it was really probably the greatest teaching moment of my life. Mm-hmm. Cause he's an amazing husband, amazing father, the total opposite of what his dad was. Yeah. So his dad served him. So I think if we really could become self-aware and and really look at it. Every all of us can find that out of that out of whatever we went through. And then you flip that and you help others. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, my dad wasn't there. It's like, yeah, but so he served you. He taught you. He was a great teacher. Well, how can you say that? Well, look, you're an amazing father, mm-hmm. amazing, uh, you know, you're an amazing dad, amazing husband. You're right. Yeah. So I, I don't want to get too far in the weeds yeah. on this, yeah. but I, I'm really curious because I think this is this is really really good information. How do you how do you take someone who's lived a victim mentality their whole life? You know this this has caused this and this and and you know they've spiraled to a point. How do you get someone who has been a victim and who has felt very victimized their life 
to turn that around. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, let's think of the sickest things such as like rape or molestation. Like you're like, how the hell do you turn that thing around? Yeah. Well, it, it's because you nailed it before. You're like, cause there's a level of empathy of someone who went through the same thing that because I never went through that. I could never understand someone. How can I help someone? But someone who did go through that, they're the perfect person to help that person. Mm. And I think through helping them and being transparent, that also produces their own healing. Because when I started telling my story, like I tell my story, I go right to it. Like I lost my bowels in public, man. Like it was in front of 40 people losing my bowels in public. So people are like, why do you even tell that story? I'm like, you know why? Because the more I told that down to the, the dirtiest of the dirty, I realized something that I healed for, like I healed from that situation, meaning that I, I saw that situation as an experience, not a victim. So it was like, I had this experience 17 years ago yeah. when, when I like, so it became an experience that made me better. That was a really a blessing. Holy cow. Like if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have went on this whole journey. Right. So if you could look at those areas, like you say, how can you take a victim? If you could help them see that as an experience that they weren't singled out, it was an experience they went to, to be used to either help other people or create a mission or a purpose for this planet, for what they're here for. And you know, a lot of times a purpose guys could come from something that you, not that you love, but that you hate, mm-hmm. you know, like we hate, uh, you know, tr- human trafficking. Right. So that could create a purpose to help stop. So uh, like a lot of times people are trying to find this lovey dovey kumbaya purpose. Right. But a purpose could come from something that you stand against. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, that's it, how you- it really, it really stems from a level of passion. Doesn't Always. it? Yeah. I, I, anything that you're passionate about can turn into, and, and you could be passionate about hating something. Right. Just as much as you could be passionate about loving something. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it, I mean, it sounds like from the the doctor that you talked to, and then and then some of these other folks that you've been in situations you've been dealing with. So one of the issues that that continues to come up is is taking responsibility for what it is that you've done with your circumstances. You know, whether or not you've allowed it, and 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 like when when you're talking about telling that that story that you know you were embarrassed about you were telling that story it sounds like so that it didn't have power over you anymore so that it didn't have control over you because otherwise it would be a source of you know shame or humiliation and instead it's a it's a source of inspiration for you to you know one for you to be able to tell it and then two other people who are dealing with the same issue can can then jump on and go yeah i that's me too totally nailed it because right i think a lot of the secrets we hold in the dark you know when they stay there, they fester and they grow. But when you put that in the open, in the light and show, yeah. cause we're in a very, and you know, to, and especially in today's society, social media society, everybody's showing their best part mm-hmm. and we're almost afraid to seem not perfect. Right. But in fact, it's the imperfection that makes us human and beautiful. And if you could just shine light on that, then it can't, it can't exist anymore yeah. you know, or, or it can't exist to destroy you anymore and hold you back. Yeah. And, and and it seems like that's that's such a weird thing that that people use to. I mean, I was I was thinking about that that moment in the the uh, the recent Democratic debates where um, I, I think it was Elizabeth Warren was saying that Bernie Sanders said in private that no woman could ever be president, and like she was she was sort of bringing that to light, and and then everyone was like, ooh, that's that's such an ugly thing. How dare you bring that out in the light and say that about the? And then then it became that he said, you know, all that it became political and all that kind of stuff. But that seemed like that's what she was trying to do, you know, is you know in in a in a kind of a grimy political way. But that's that's what was going on, right? Is this this 
trying to bring to light this thing so that I can expose it. And, yeah. and, and that's how he would respond. Like I always think of Bob Barker and I, and this is not a tangent, but I remember the media loves to get you in a lie. Right. Loves it. Yes. So Bob Barker, they're like, um, rumor has it that you had a, an affair with one of the Barker beauties. He's like, yes, we did. It was consensual and it was fantastic. <laughs> and then the media literally walked away. <laughs> And Bob Barker's in his seventies, right? I'm like, he shut it down. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Just like some of the athletes, they're like, you know, we heard you try performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, yeah, I did that. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. Like you can't like. You, There's you, nothing else to talk about when you, when you speak the truth. <laughs> when you just be truthful, yeah, they can't get you. They love to get you to lie, and yeah. then you get, and then, then you know. So yeah, just be as truthful as you can. But I know that's tough. You know, you want to hide just just because not that anybody's just that there's some things. It's like, well, it's none of their business to know. Yeah. You know? So so talking about some of this chiropractic business yep. that you're in, um, you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. And um, it, it it sounds to me like there's more to it than just the physical. I mean, I I, I sense from you that that you wind up being a cheerleader for a lot of your patients on top of just someone coming in, you crack their back, so to speak. And, and all right, come back in a week. If you need it, it sounds to me like a, a big part of what a lot of people seem to have trouble overcoming is their own problems of saying, I, I, this is debilitating. I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm hurting and it's, it's causing this, this, and this, um, so, so talk me through how does, how do you see some of those things playing into uh, just your mindset playing into your, your physical ailments? It's a great question. So, you know, uh, the chiropractic, it's, it's a science philosophy and art. So there's mm -hmm. a science to it. Like everything else, there's a philosophy, which is the body was created to heal from the inside out. You know, basically we were created with all the tools we need, you know, the same wisdom that created the organs is the same wisdom that heals it. We just want any interference and there is an art to it. And I think you really hit it in the art. The art has to be, there's sometimes where you're right. Someone needs to borrow your confidence. Sometimes someone needs you to speak life into them. And then sometimes people, uh, you need to be deaf to people's, uh, you don't want to enable them. Like they keep on talking about, they take on, they keep on telling the same story over and over again, but that's not the story anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, stop, stop replaying that record or DVD or, yeah. or MP3. But, uh, you know, <laughs> Whatever it is the kids uh, are using track, these yeah. days. Um, <laughs> Whatever you're fun. streaming. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, sometimes you're like, you know, yeah, I'm doing great. Dr. Sane, everything's doing great. And they're like, but, 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 but I'm like, yeah, but you say you're doing great. You know mm -hmm. what? I just almost selectively don't uh, enable. Sometimes you just can't, because you get stuck in this, almost, you know why? Because sometimes being sick or being a victim actually becomes your source of significance because mm. for some weird reason, that's when you start to get attention. Oh, honey, you okay? Oh, I'm so sorry. Like people pay attention now because you were sick or you were a victim. Yeah. I remember this one lady, she's like, well, can you, is there any discounts? Because you know, I'm a widower. And I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. I go, when did your husband die last year? She's like 18 years ago. I'm like 18 years ago. <laughs> You know, because, but that, but I was, but then you get empathy, you get very empathetic again. You're like, wow, yeah, she is real. She's looping that story. Cause probably when that happened, that's when people came out from her church, whatever, brought her food, showed her love. And mm -hmm. that might've been the first time she got the feeling of love. Yeah. So in a weird way, we create a paradigm saying, well, that was what got me my attention. And you stay there. Yeah. But after a while. 
doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it, do, it, it, I mean, it doesn't even mean that she's not still hurting from that. Of course she is. You know? And of course she is, but like it doesn't mean that we need to feed into it to it to a certain degree. I mean, you know, that's that's yeah. that's something that's grabbed a hold of her and she's hung on to for a but, while. But, you know, I, what, part of my purpose internally is I help people get their authority back. That's mm. just kind of my own little mantra I said to myself. Like I resurrect heroes, which mm. is you, everybody's here. And then I help you, I help you get your authority back. And when people are in that victim mentality, they have no authority and mm. they're, they're in bondage. They're not free. So I believe, you know, my job is to help people get their authority back. What, so, so what is it? I mean, like in this, this may be just jumping into it too yeah. quick, but like, what, what does it look like when someone has authority over over their over their life over their circumstances. Oh, you then. see it in their eyes. They're like it almost it almost in the beginning seems slightly anger. Mm-hmm. Like I am, you know, I, I'm, you know, like they, they, cause anger, at least, you know, in the, in the, in the, when they do the Navy SEAL trainings and there's, the guys are exhausted and tired and, and they're almost going to cry and give up. They say, Ch- turn that into anger. Cause at least anger, you don't want to stay there, but there's some sort of personal power behind anger. You right. Know, you're taking control back. So you almost see like this, I'm, I'm, I'm done blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a line in the sand. I hit my level of disgust. That's like that transformation moment yeah. where enough's enough. And it's a good thing. It's a positive enough's enough. I'm taking my life back. Like you can see like, you know, I beat this, you know, they, they hit that level of it's, it's, it's a moment. It's not, you know, we think like, oh, there's a long transformation. No, a transformation happens in a second. Mm-hmm. You know, when that person looks in the mirror and they're so disgusted about they gained all this weight and all that, it's that one second that transformation's done. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, they lost a hundred pounds. Well, how'd you do it? You tried for years. I, I just, enough's enough. Yeah. And then they, they take that personal power back. But sometimes you're in such an indifferent, um, apathetic, not empathetic, apathetic state. They almost kind of just been defeated and given up. So you bring them a level where they start to get a little bit of their authority back, man, it's like a, it's like a rabid dog and a T-bone steak, you know, <laughs> they're ready to take their life back. Yeah. And well, it's, it's beautiful. And, and people, people learn, they learn how to get the thing that they feel like they need the most. Right. So if they, you know, if, if it's love that they're seeking or, or whatever it is they're seeking, then they learn what avenue has worked in the past and they repeat it. And, and you talked about this a minute ago, how you, you've heard that story over and over and over. And so uh, part, of, part of what I hear you saying is it's really important to, to, at some point, stop saying the same story and understand that your story isn't, it isn't just that small little segment. It can be a lot bigger than that. And it's, it's up to you. And you might need some help, though. To, to reorient yourself to get to a place where you realize people will love you for who you are, not for what you've done or what, what you haven't done or the loss that you've experienced in your life. The, you're worth more than that, right? So um, so what I hear you saying is has, has a lot to do with, man, there's a lot of mind over matter <laughs> here that, that it sounds like you're very, very keen on. You have sure. to be. Because sometimes the biggest healing has to happen between the ears mm. or in the chest, mm. you know. Okay. Yeah. And what, what, when we were uh, getting ready for this show, I was, I mean, I think both of us were kind of watching some of your stuff on YouTube. And, and one, of the, one of the things I, I heard you 
speak into in, in your own life was that you know even even for yourself you kind of had your identity wrapped up in in the in the chiropractic business and that you you kind of figured out that like that was that was just the wrong identity i mean this is this is part of the hero project you've been working on right is helping people capture back their identity and who they are and their their real self and so so that was obviously like a big shift for you and i th- i think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is you know they they get their identity wrapped around either their job, you know, that, that house that they live in or that dream house that they think that they want or, or, you know, their kids that their identity can get wrapped up in all these external things rather than just who they are as a person. So how, how did, how did that shift begin to happen, happen for you? Oh no, that was, you, you nailed it. Cause I found my identity in what I did. Mm-hmm. Right. So therefore, and this is how, you know, well, how do I know I'm there? Well, it's, well, how your if it was your job if you put your identity in your job it's like well when you had a good week with your job you're in a happy mood mm-hmm. when it was when you had a bad week you want to kick the dog you know so it's like <laughs> it's like you start to see your heartbeat is determined by how that job does and yeah. then you're like oh man this thing like my identity is wrapped up in here. And so what started to happen where for me to expand and to, you know, evolve and grow outside, you know, and do the things I wanted to do in my life, it meant me leaving my lane or my, my, my beautiful comforting identity, which mm-hmm. is, you know, cause I had one of the largest practices in the world. So when you're known for like being the top and one of the best in history, you like that, right. You, know, yeah. you want to keep that status. And so, but because you like that, sometimes you get such a fixed identity that that means that it also locks you into doing anything else. Because mm. then if I leave that, I'm leaving something I was known for and therefore I lose my identity. So how many people want to make that change, that career change, but their identity is so wrapped up that they're like, well, if I leave this, then I lose my identity. Mm. And then I realized the switch. It's like, well, wait a second. I'm not a worthy or successful person. Chiropractic didn't make me that. Being a doctor made me that. I'm like, I'm a successful person that brought that to the clinic. Like a lot of times, you know, people say they switch the hats. When are you going to be, I got to wear my dad hat or my doctor hat or my job hat. It's like, well, wait a second. No, no. You wear all the hats all the time. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm with patients, I'm still a dad, you know? Yeah. I'm so, like, you know, like, I wear all the hats all the time. So it's like, like I said, like I, you bring the hero to, 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 the, to, the, to the home, to the job. Like you bring, you create that area to be, uh, you're, you're successful. You bring success to that area that area doesn't make you successful because hmm. then we get in trouble because then you have a mom who raises a bunch of kids, right? And they go to college and now they're gone. Now her identity is what? Gone, right? Yeah. So th- this is where a lot of divorces happen. Hmm. A lot of strife happens because she loses by well, gained. And sometimes, you know, it's 18, 20 years of her life yeah. or more, right? And then they're in college and <gasps> what do I do? Like there's a crisis. So when you put your identity into, like you said, something other than you, mm-hmm. then there's, you're eventually going to run into a major crisis because yeah. things change. Kids leave the house. You switch jobs. You retire, you know, all these, like you retire. How many people retire? And they like, they die because they're, they they're lost not, their identity. Yeah. They don't have a purpose yeah. anymore. Yeah. So, so what, what does that look like then? I mean, like, how do you, I mean, because I think a lot of people, I mean, like they, the only tools in the toolbox are you know, I'm a dentist mm-hmm. or I'm, you know, a contractor yeah. or I'm, 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 I mean, that's the way that we frame that language. So how do you, how do you then begin to shift and go, well, I mean, like, how do, how do you even just, you know, I guess maybe what I'm asking is like, how do you characterize your identity now? Well, you know, that, that, uh, it, it's, it, it's actually going back to a kid, you know, you got kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. How old? Th- uh, 11, six and four. How about you? 
I've got two, seven and five. Beautiful, perfect. Yeah. All right, so my I got seven and thirteen. So when they're young, when your kids were like five, right? Mm-hmm. Let's think of all the characteristic traits they had. Number one, they were they were playful. Mm-hmm. They wanted to play when all the time. Yeah, they were loving. They were confident. They had pride they had ego i'll tell you why because when we would draw something i remember my son draw it looked like a squiggly line mm-hmm. and that was evidently a tornado <laughs> and uh, we had to hang it on the wall so they have very proud of what they do yeah. they're, they're very mad they have a lot of imagination they're playful they're super creative right just like they imagine they could play with something for hours they uh they live in what i call vertical time which is presence they, we live in horizontal time as, as yeah. adults right okay when do you want to do it now when can we go to the park now right <laughs> they uh they're super forgiving. Mm. They're very, very forgiving. They question authority. They're relentless, right? When they want something, they're relentless, which makes them 100% closures. My kids have closed me 100% of the time. <laughs> they're amazing closures. <laughs> and and uh, the number one question kids ask is what? Why? Why? Yeah. Because when we were young, when we were kids, we were always searching for our own truth. Mm. And... All these characteristics, you know, people pay tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to these seminars to try to get these qualities back. Because, but they're forgetting to remember that we were innately given those qualities. Mm. You already had them at one point. Already had them, and so what happened? You know, what starts? Let's face what happens. Like, you could have certain ways of teaching. You have belief systems from parents passed on down. Certain dogmas, you mm-hmm. know, that happen happen, and then over time, like the creativity and all that stuff gets snuffed, mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay. So success, then, then we're taught what success is. You need to go to school, you need to go to college, you need to get this type of job, yeah. you need to get married, you need to get the white picket, like all these things. So we che- we become a box checker offers. Mm. So I was a box checker. I, I just checked boxes off. Da, 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 da. And then I realized when I checked off all the boxes from Lamborghini in the garage <laughs> to a paid house, mm-hmm. then I find myself a little depressed, mm. a little numb, a little disengaged. And I don't want to tell anybody about it because someone's going to say, you're nuts. You're blessed. You should be grateful. But I'm like, it's not that I, was, I wasn't I was grateful. It's like, there was just, I was grieving my potential. That's what it was. Mm. There was something grieving. You were bored. We were bored and we were created to evolve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we remember, we're, we're creative beings. You know, yeah. we came from a creative God. We create. Right. That's what we do. So retirement's not in it. I, anybody who's listening to this, when you retire, you're going to be busier than ever because you're going to be busy creating stuff. Yeah. Like you create, that's all we do. So when, when we feel we hit a level, no matter how successful it is and you get bored, that that's your internal hero, like I call it, saying, listen, time to evolve and create. I, I got to create. I got to, because it's, it, and that's where that grieving of the potential comes in. And then a couple things happen. I'll just talk from a male standpoint. I'll see a lot of men go into, they get bored. So they start, then affairs happen. Drugs mm-hmm. happen, um, uh, gambling happens, you know, all this stuff, this stuff, porn, you know, because they're trying to seek this, this excitement that should only come from creating yeah. beautiful things. So they just, they start sabotaging and becoming destructive, even sabotaging, right? What happens if I sabotage something, if I sabotage and destroyed a building, I have to build it back again. At least it gives me something to do. So it's like, we start, guys start doing wacky stuff. Yeah. And that's when I started getting into bodybuilding again, because when I found that it's like, at least I put that energy into building the body again. So yeah. it was, it wasn't drugs, porn affairs, but it still was, it was still trying to pacify something that wasn't correct. Mm. You know, it was me still just looking the other way when I should have said, listen, it's time to evolve and it's time to create some more, even if it means not currently doing what you do. 
Yeah. And then you get scared because what happens is when we checked off the boxes and we have the income coming in, it's like, but if I leave that, I lose this income. Mm-hmm. But so would I rather stay disengaged and numb and bored and upset or do something that I'm excited about? I know that's exciting. I know you would love to do that, but how are you going to get paid for it? You know, so you have this, you have like the, the voices talking to you. Yeah. That's that secret identity. It's a less than watered down version of your truth. It's that's, it's like Superman was always Superman. Yeah. Clark, Clark Kent was a shame. You know, it was just like you were robbing people from the truth the whole time. Mm. So it's like, I, you know, this is where people have, you know, they fall like, what do you love to do? So even if it just is a hobby, because I know like when you love to do something, how like, like a kid, time flies by. You forget to eat. You forget, mm-hmm. like, you forget what, like, it's like, you're so, it's so fun. Yeah. You have more energy. Like we have more energy at the end of this podcast than when we start because you enjoy doing it. Yeah. So that's why I tell people first step is do that thing. And even do, even if it doesn't pay anything, do that thing. At least that gives you juice again. You know what I mean? You, and how do you know? Like I just said, you have more energy. Like mm-hmm. you don't need naps when people are like, I'm so tired. You're not tired. You're so disconnected from your purpose. Mm. It's like, cause I mean, we have like, it's, you don't need to sleep, you know, like when you do something you love to do, you're, you're, you're full of energy, you're excited, you're happy, you feel grateful, you're blessed, you're present. So it's like, at least start doing that thing. And then, then, then figure out, like when you guys decided to do this podcast 74 episodes ago, mm-hmm. it's like, you couldn't go in saying, well, what's the money plan? It's like, no, we enjoy doing this yeah, and we have fun doing this. And you know what? You know, maybe at episode a thousand, uh, Ace Hardware is like, I want you guys to be our spokespeople. Like, it's just going to come, like, it's an unplanned, don't worry about yeah. the how. But Ace, if, Ace, if you're listening yes. and want to get in on this <laughs> early, <laughs> I'm just saying, swear. we're, if we're happens, available. Dude, uh, you need to replay this. Then. <laughs> <laughs> then, I'm, then I'm a prophet. That's right. I'm prophetic. So, but you know what I mean? It's like, these things happen. It's called, like, the unknowns. The unknowns. So we're afraid of the unknowns because we were raised... In, uh, the unknowns are the, uh, the most guaranteed thing ever. Like, right. There's always going to be an unknown, but we were raised to be so certain mm-hmm. that we don't do anything that we don't know. But in the unknowns, thinking back, like that's where all the the nutrients for your new life and progress are. Um, just think like how we're all sitting here today. Like if we look back, we could see, oh, that's how it happened. My parents went to see, like you know, oh, this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Like, but we didn't plan that. So usually like, so when we realize the greatest things in our lives, we're always the unknown looking back. So, but we're in a living in a society where everything has to be so certain and sure. And we're so afraid of taking risk. Mm-hmm. Like, well, all the nutrients, the gold, the genius is in the risk. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you, and then you shoot and then you course correct. Like that, like, so, we, so it's like, you got to go after it. Well, what if I, well, don't, don't worry about that. You'll figure it out. You're yeah. not going to die. What's the worst thing that got? Like you're going to learn, right? You're going to learn something. You're going to course correct. It's like that fire aim ready type of deal. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's where it's at. But it's, it's so tough, especially I'm thinking now, like I sweat thinking about it. It's like, <laughs> but I'm so certain of my current groundhog day routine. Mm. It's very certain. It's very comfortable. Yeah. I know I wake up, I do this, it's da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But it's like in the unknown, like us sitting here today, us taking a trip somewhere. That's where all the unknowns are at. And you just don't know what happens. Who do you meet? What opportunity happens? And it's just this beautiful uh, serendipitous ride that happens that you wind up seeing people with the most happiness. They can look back and tell you these beautiful stories only in hindsight, seeing how it was perfect. Yeah. And I think that's actually one of the dangers of of looking back at people who have been successful is like, because, because you can look at it. Like I, I just got done reading uh, Walt Disney's biography, which is an incredible biography, Yeah, you know? And like that, that guy's, that guy's trail was just fraught with like disaster and mm-hmm. failure and just misery. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the whole way. 
the whole way. And But like you can look at it and go, oh, that's the path that got to the billions, right? That's the path that got to the empire. And it's like, so that's, and so rather than, you know, paying attention to all of the things that, you know, sucked in his life, you know, you, you sort of look at the end game and go, okay, he got Disney World. But like you didn't, you're not, you're then like disassociating all of that pain and growth that had to happen in between the, the vision and the, and the result. Right. And so like, and, and so you sort of get this, this weird self narration that tells you like, Oh, I don't have to go through that. I don't have to, yeah. I don't have to grow. I don't have to experience all that kind of stuff. Or I could effort my way through that. Yeah. I'll just bulldoze through that, <laughs> you know, but that, that's a, that's a perfect example. So, but so one thing is like, well, how do you get through all that? Or you always hear the Colonel Sanders story, right? Oh yeah. Like, well, I don't care. Cause they had a vision, man. Yeah. And that's one of those things. That's one of your last questions that you're giving me. It's like, what's some of the greatest advice I've been given? Mm-hmm. And I'll, we'll save that to the end. All right. Let's so, save it. so here's one of the things that I hear, and, and I, I believe this to be true. Like, you, you look at Walt Disney, for example, using that. I mean, how, we talk about Disney a lot, by the way, because we love him. Uh, but Disney's passion trumped expectation. He, he His passion trumped everyone else's expectation of him. He said, listen, I'm going to do this whether you like it or not. And at the end of the day, whether you like it or not is not doesn't matter to me. I'm going to create what I want to create, how I want to create it unapologetically. And I think it's going to be great. But even if you don't, it's going to bring me fulfillment. And so I think the opposite of that is what many people actually live into. And that is that their expectations trump their passion. So other people's expectation on you, like you have to be a dad, Craig, so you can't go do this or you can't go do that. Like you have to do this first or my job requires me to travel. And so I can't be there for my family the way they really need me to. Or, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that because someone has this expectation expectation on me and it trumps their passion and eventually it it debilitates them to the point where they don't even know what their passion is Mm. anymore and so i i guess the thing that that i hear you say more than anything and that i know i would believe in and and i'm going to speak for craig too because i know him well enough to, to know that he believes this too don't give up on your passion just because someone expects you to like find your passion live into your passion. But the problem is, and I want you to speak into this because there's probably a lot of people sitting here, you know, listening to our podcast right now going, man, this is a homeowner show. What are we we talking about here? But I, but I think that this is such an important piece of home. So, so let's think about home differently than just a physical building, which by the way, it is. And, and a lot of times we have physical buildings that house the things that are most precious to us. And so anytime that we get to a point where we're completely discontent with life, completely, you know, we've obliterated that thing that we grew up as a five-year-old thinking, I'm going to be a fireman and I'm mm-hmm. going to, you know, I'm going to rescue people and I'm going to be a hero, right? And we get to the point where it's like, well, but somehow I'm an accountant. Nothing that there's anything wrong with being an accountant, but it's so far from being a firefighter, right? Somehow someone told me I need to go to college and I need to make money. And in order to do that, I've got to go this route. And you get back to it. And you're like, I never really did with my life what I wanted to. And so I, I, one of the things I want you to speak into is how do we make our home 
a place that isn't the place that we dread going back to because it's riddled with failures. How do we get to a point, because you've mentioned something to us at the beginning of the show before we started, that was brilliant. Um, and, and it's an expectation thing going back to let, let's let our expectations drive our passion rather than expectations hinder our passion. So what would you say that we could do in our home to to help feed some of this in a positive way. Well, this is great because I think a lot of those feelings we have, whether it be like depression is the opposite of expression. So if you're listening, if you feel depressed, you just please ask yourself, what am I failing to express? Because hmm. you're being, you're like, you're saying you're being held down by some type of expectation. Hmm. Well, what am I failing to express? Well, I always want to do this. Hmm. It might be that. Hmm. Or, or you say, well, I don't know what I want to do. And I'll tell you why. Because you never took the time to court the most important relationship, which was you. Many people, because we've been told, we, we're living subordinated values of other people. Hmm. My mom and dad wanted me to do this. So when it comes time to who am I and what did I really want to do? And you could be in your 30s and 40s going, I never, I, I, never, I never built a relationship with myself because I've been trying to live out everybody else's expectation. Hmm. And so one thing, and this is a tactical thing. Um, you could do this at work, but definitely at home. I think it's important. You ever hear people have like vision boards? Yeah. You know, they put, oh, you know, they put the car on it and the house they want. Like, but what is a vision board? It's actually something and it's pictures or ideas that excites you. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is almost like a kid. Oh yeah. I wanted that sports car. I wanted to go to this Greece or whatever, something like that. So you make this board, but I take it a step further. It's like, why don't you make a, a room in your home, a vision room? And when you walk in that room, there's music, there's smells, there's all the senses that just make you like a kid again. You know, mm. like in mine, there's a bunch of Rocky pictures. <laughs> there's some Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. I got my trophies that I won that reminds me, hey, I'm a winner. You know, yeah. some days you don't feel like a winner, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got my dad's, at, my dad's aftershave, man. And uh, dude, I smell that thing and he comes back to life. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I mean, just all the senses in there. So it's like everything in that room, got Iron Man, mm. you know, the Iron Man, like everything in that room, wherever I look, it, it's inspiring and you get excited, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's not a man cave. It's a, <laughs> it's a vision room. And what it does is when you're excited, see, when you're, when you're feeling dull and depressed and tired, you're at, the, you're at no level of, of creativity. Like, you're just like, you're done, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're in that atmosphere and that that's the music you like, and that, like you you get to at least dream or have a vision again. And that goes back to Walt Disney. He had the vision, and no matter what people say, he's like, but this is my vision. No matter how mean we must say Steve Jobs was, he literally was like, I thought of it. You guys get it. Like, yeah, I mean, but he forced him, right? But it was always the vision. Yeah. No matter what the circumstance, it was just this is my vision. Sylvester Stallone, right? He lived in a, a bus, uh, a station for yeah. a little bit. They're like, why don't you get a job? And he said this, if I get a job, then I'll pro I'll, I won't be as hungry to get what I really want done. Yeah. Like, he was. He refused to get the job because if he got the job, he would have been sidetracked by the J-O-B to get the check, then his vision. And yeah. you can see how that turned out. It turned out pretty good. But, but um, didn't he like, he like sold his dog. Sold or his dog. I mean, like, sold his dog. <laughs> crazy. And he got, they offered to do Rocky, but they didn't want him. He's like, no, no. I'm the actor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be me. I mean, uh, cojones, right? Yes. I mean, just, but you know what? That all spells, no, this is the, the, like a kid. No, no, this is the way the, my dream was. No, what you're saying is that like, and they stuck to the dream. Mm -hmm. So when you have this vision room and it's a room where 
everybody, if you have bowls of fruit on your wall, take them down. Uh, you know, no decorative. Just, there should be nothing on your wall that's just for decorative. Have it have meaning. Mm. You know, put the picture of the family. Oh, that's my kids. That might be your why, right? Uh, your, your, your family. Just whatever, whatever inspires you and that brings your energy up and brings you your, your happiness and creativity back again. Like in your house, everywhere, there should be something that sparks that vision back again, or at least gets you into the mode where you could start dreaming again. Hmm. You got to start dreaming. Imagination, um, Napoleon Hill and so many other people used to say, imagination uh, is the strongest, one of the strongest faculties of the mind we have. Because hmm. think about it. Holy cow. Everything in this room right here was imagined first. It was in someone's head and then they made the microphone. Like, so it all starts in the imagination. Yeah. It's all thing. Everything outside, like pretty much all this air, like you're a This is what we're going to do. It starts here. You make the plans and then you do it. So yeah. it, imagination is one of the, the greatest faculties of the mind. And think about who has the greatest imagination. Kids, we did. Mm. We, we did. We did. But all this expectations put upon us, it, it strangles our imagination. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Is that, is that from his uh, Think and Grow Rich book? Yeah. And then he has another one called The Laws of Success and 16 Lessons. It's 600 pages. And it really goes, it's like, it's like Think and Grow Rich, but goes super in depth. Okay. It, do you uh, like that one better? Oh, yeah. It's 600 yeah. pages. It's yeah, deep. I mean, okay. You read that book going, if this was a class in school. Yeah. It was talks about masterminding. Like that's what we're doing now. Masterminds like you bring to the table your ideas, your ideas, my ideas, and this fourth mind happens. Like mm. we come up with something unique and different. We never on our own and boom. Yeah. And so many, like you look back, so many, like uh I remember it was Henry Ford, mm -hmm. Firestone, and Carnegie. So you had steel, rubber, rubber tires, <laughs> and Henry Ford. So they came together as buddies and look. Let's make some money, yeah. <laughs> but it's worked out pretty well for them. <laughs> but but for them, it wasn't let's make some money. Right, yeah. That, so that's the thing. Like, I think the vision doesn't, like every billionaire, well, I don't know if every, but like a lot of, like the Walt Disney billion didn't come from, and I'm going to do this, we're going to make a mask, we're going to make billions. No, yeah. it's like the vision and then just the money just came yeah. in as a side effect of value. You yeah. And experiences. I, one, of, one of my favorite Henry Ford's uh, stories is when someone asked him if they could have a different color and he could say, yeah, you can have any color you want as long as it's black. And that's because part of his vision was, I want everyone to be able to afford one of these mm -hmm. and keep them and have that at their home so they have access to this. I don't want, I'm not building them for the rich. I'm building them for people. I want people to have these. And so that was his thing. It's like, and that was a way for him to keep costs down. It's like, all of them are going to be black. <laughs> it was almost a catalyzing statement. Kennedy had that. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, at the end of the decade, we're going to send a man to the moon and bring him back safely. It was like, it was like, that's impossible. But what happens, all the scientists came together and rallied behind that catalyzing statement right sure enough we did or for some people we didn't but, <laughs> i mean that's another podcast <laughs> you know, but let's say but uh historically we did we, we have to start that conspiracy yeah, theory yeah. <laughs> podcast kid. yeah we're, so, we've already uh, got an idea of what it's gonna be <laughs> all right so here, here in a second i want to yeah, i want to yeah. circle back around to that that secret identity thing but yeah. before we do that we need to uh give a shout out to our new show sponsor paul the plumber kev you got some details on on paul the plumber over there yeah, absolutely. So, um, if you don't know by now, uh, Paul is a plumber. That's what he does. And so, if you need some plumbing done, uh, you can call him at 832-521-3252. You can also send him an email, uh, paul at paultheplumberllc.com. So, um, this guy's licensed, insured. He's got all the, the stuff that he needs. Uh, Master you. Plumber. He's the man. 
Yeah, and I you can actually book him online now. Yeah, at, at uh, paulthepplumerllc.com. Yeah, so I, and I'll tell you guys, uh, my uh, my buddy Jared is actually, he's, he's in the process of flipping a house right now, and he told me, he called me and he said, I, I know you do the show, I need, to, I need a good plumber. So I said, man, you need to talk to Paul. Yeah. And so he had Paul come out, and Paul looked at his situation, he was putting in the gas line, and he, uh, Jared called me back a couple of days later, and he's like, man, thank you so much for hooking me up with Paul, because he came in and just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So if you guys need a excellent plumber who's going to get you taken care of, good family man, running a family business, give yourself a call over to Paul the Plumber. He will hook you up. Yep. And and by the way, I just need everyone to realize this is, I'll just tell you my ignorance here for a moment. And that is that I remember I had a, uh, a fireplace, a gas fireplace I couldn't get to turn on. Mm. And I had no idea who to call. <laughs> I, I called the gas company and they were like, we can't help you. And I said, but you're the gas company. Yeah. You're the one that supplies the thing that I need. Do you want me to continue to purchase your product? Yeah. Like, I don't know what, I don't, and they were like, well, I'm sorry, we can't help you with that problem. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I had to ask around and finally someone said, you got to call a plumber. I'm like, I, what? I thought they did like water stuff. And they said, well, they, yeah, obviously, but they also, it, it's piping, yeah. it's piping. So, uh, it, you know, not just water guys. If you need, if you need, uh, gas like Jared did, yeah. he'll take care of you. Absolutely. Chris, uh, one of the, the videos that I watched with you and I, I realize this is probably difficult to, to recall cause you, you probably have like hundreds of these videos up now, don't you? I'll remember it. You'll remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you talking about, um, and this was, and, and I think this may have been like the season finale or something that I was watching, but you were talking about the whole process of getting your talk, your hero talk mm -hmm. ready and uh, you had to get it down to like 40 minutes and then you had to get it down to like three minutes. And I think one of the times you were going up to, to speak to a group, you, you said you were saying to yourself, thank you, secret identity for protecting me all yeah. this time. Yeah. What, good, tell, tell me, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. I thought that was like a really interesting concept that you had yeah. there. Well, it's like when you talk about, when I was talking about the whole secret identity thing, which is basically secret identity is kind of the lives we're living. That's not our ultimate version. It's not like we're living this like, creative evolving thing. You know, it's like, oh, I'm at the job, you know? So it's right. kind of like, we're not doing exactly what we want to do. And I was talking about it, but then I realized one day it's not all that bad. Like the belief systems I had, all those things, the fears I had, you know, what was it? It was, it was that part of me that was trying to protect me hmm. like a very loving, right. You know, like a parent who overprotects their kids. Like, yeah. wait a second. So the secret identity is not evil. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I put it there to protect me. Yeah, and so I realized that sometimes we just got to say the fear of moving forward, or that, or or going, you know, getting over a tragedy. You know, you got to be like, you know what, dear secret identity, you know, thank you for protecting me all of these years. I don't need you anymore. Mm. You know, it's just like I don't, I don't need you. Protect. I'm, I'm a big boy now. You know, yeah. like I, I grown up. Like you've been there and you really try to protect me. You were loving and daring to protect me, but almost like an appearance. Only thing they know is to protect you, and sometimes they overprotect you, where they keep you from actually growing, evolving. Yeah. Like my mom would want to keep me at home, even at forty three, if she could. Right. <laughs> so it's like no, like the intention was good, but it's it's getting to the point where I got to fly, hmm. and I and it's almost like you're telling yourself, listen, these fears, these belief systems, you know, thank you, like you're loving it away. Like some people try to force it away, crush it away, yeah, denounce it away. It's like how about love it. Hmm. And I think when you love that part of you, then 
it goes, it goes, it, 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 it gently good. Cause you love, you love it away. Hey, listen, thank you so much for that time I went through, or how about this? I went through a tough time and I appreciate and love myself for that. And I know I guarded, I know I'm scared. I know I didn't trust people, but I don't, I don't need that anymore. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, and then you're, so you're loving it out. You're forgiving it out. You're forgiving yourself out. So if you if you don't do that, then you're you're sort of attacking it and yeah, and being aggressive. It and it's it's probably going to be aggressive. It's going to respond in kind, almost. You it's know, like you hitting yourself in a hammer. Yeah. Like, do you want to hit yourself in a hammer or just love <laughs> yourself? <laughs> and you know, like we use that word love. And let me explain what love is, because man, that's a that's a tough word to use. Because everybody has a different representation. There's baggage that comes with that. When I say love, I mean unconditional appreciation. Like, hey, what I went through was horrible, mm-hmm. but I, I have unconditional appreciation for that. Yeah. Like, like I appreciate, I have, if I have unconditional appreciation for you guys, that means no matter what you brought in this room, I unconditionally appreciate you guys. Cause I don't think any of us, no matter how great our parents were, were raised in unconditional love. There was always conditions. <laughs> there was always conditions. So none of us really could. And it's tough. Even when you talk about your creator, this unconditional, love, like we don't know what unconditional love is. Right. You know, so I just think of unconditional appreciation. It's like, I appreciate you despite whatever you did in your life and brought into this room right now. Like, you know, it's like, it's, and the reason why I say appreciation over gratefulness is sometimes when we're thankful, we're thankful because we're comparing. Well, I'm glad we, I'm glad we're here because there's some people that don't have a roof over their head. Yeah. You know, like, like we're thankful we don't live in Haiti. I was watching like Haiti. <laughs> I watched this scene on Haiti where they make dirt pancakes. They take dirt, they throw salt or whatever in it, mix it with water and eat it. Because they say it gives us some substance when we don't oh, have it food. put something in the belly. Yeah. So we could say, thank you, Lord, for this food because we're not, we're not, we don't live in Haiti. See, we're comparing versus appreciation means that kid who lives in Haiti, who's happy and has joy. Like they're appreciative no matter if they're eating dirt pancakes. Mm. Like that's big. It's like, well, like appreciation is even if things aren't perfect, I'm appreciating that I have family and I'm, I'm happy. I'm having fun. You know, like that's like, that's the difference between thankfulness. Cause I think when you're grateful, it always has that comparison. Well, you know, some people, they don't have arms, you know, it's like, like, you know, know, like I'm glad for my, like we could be grateful, but it's like, how about what's even more impressive is that person without the arms, the person who lives in Haiti, let's say, and they're happy. Yeah. Like, wow, they appreciate it. What do you do with that? Yeah, dude, right? (laughs) So that's what I mean by, by love, unconditional appreciation of those things. Mm. And then I I just, I I really thought that was like one of the more powerful moments in, in that, in that particular yeah. video. Yeah, it was really, really good. So, so what are, what are some other ways that, you know, the, I, 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 when I, when I first thought about you coming on the show, one of the ways I thought about framing this, this question after, after looking at your content was like, how can the, how can the home be uh, an ally rather than an adversary? You know, so what, what are the things that, that we can do to, you know, cause we, we talked about having a vision room, but like, what are some of the other ways that we set ourselves up uh, almost for failure in, in the home. And how can we, how can we sort of, you know, navigate and avoid and, and, you know, plan better? Well, I mean, I think, I think you're right. Like in the home, it's like, you know, when you're there, well, let's just think tactical stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, on the side of health, you know, you get what you pay for, number one, right? So you take, you take shortcuts. Any, I guarantee anybody listening to this right now, every time you took that shortcut, it's way more expensive at the end. Mm-hmm. Especially with house stuff, I got a, I got instead of putting the big pool in where they put the they blow the concrete, yeah. I put a little fire. I said I'll put the fiberglass one. 
dude. Not only do we have to rip that thing out, uh-huh. but then put like so every time I shortcut it. Like one of the one of the questions, what project did you walk away from? Yeah, I had paper bricks around the pool. Yeah, and moss was coming up, so I you know I hired these guys to seal it. Right? They they. I didn't give up. They left. They went back. They just disappeared. And I have like, it was like, cause it was like, <laughs> they, they walked, walked away. away. <laughs> and I couldn't, I was like $10,000. I could get my money. Oh right. my so gosh. it's like, it's like every time I shortcut when I came to the house, every time I shortcutted or try to take the cheaper one, didn't get the, you know, get, didn't get Paul the plumber. Like every time, <laughs> every time I shortcutted yeah. and didn't bring the expert in, that was just a little bit more. It cost me double to triple. Mm. So it's like, in your house, you you want you want you know it'll drive you and say get the expert, get someone who's has a good reputation as expert and pay the price because right. that little bit of extra is going to save you so much. So you know, I got a good a home water filtration system. I think water is like so important, okay, cleanliness of water. So like that's the health of me and my family. You know, I you know I just uh, with the AC units, I made sure I had like UV UV light to kind of like I, I just I that really purifies the air, purifies the air. I got even a, a really strong HEPA filter because like we're breathing that stuff and. I mean, I just made sure some of those things like water that you bathe in and the air you breathe, that's two top things. So what, what kind of water filtration system do you use then? It was one that went directly into the main water, main water line. It had like seven containers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, the, so the shower, the toilet bowl, like anytime you bathe, it was it was there. It wasn't just a point point of service. Okay. That allows, so it's actually good. I get it, you know, just seek around and get these yeah. ones that go right in the Cause, water Because I think a lot of people just get them and put them underneath the kitchen sink, yeah. right? Yeah, but you shower like there could be chlorine in there. There's a lot, like these are the things, these are the blind spots. Like if you're soaking in chlorine, like all this stuff, fluoride, Mm -hmm. all these other things, like could lead to major health problems. So uh, what I loved about it, like even when I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm renting a, uh, a town home now and I, Got that, got to install that home water thing. Cause like, no matter where I am, I want clean water. Yeah. I want to be able to, from the tap to the shower, to have clean water, uh, the AC, the air you breathe. But I'm telling you guys, anytime you do something in your house, um, just h- hire someone, pay the extra money. Cause I've always not had, they, cause I, I used to have, I would have to bring in the one who was the expert and they had to like retrofit and mm-hmm. rip stuff out and put it back in. So you're talking about havoc in your house is, is going to, you know, just taking the cheap route out. So yeah. What's your house? Your house is your home. Just like our, like let's here's a like our our bodies is the is the house of our spirit, right? And our soul. Well, your house is kind of like the same thing. So treat it that way. You know, yeah. like put you know put the best materials in there. Do the best you can. Don't shortcut stuff because I found that to be the biggest headache and argument mm. and, and waste of money in my life. So it's an investment. Always look at it as an investment. Yeah. In yourself. Oh yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, your house is equity, man. It's not debt. That's another thing. People, debt is owing money to sell. Like your house is always, there's no debt in your house. It's, it's equity. Yeah. Like there's no debt. I don't know. Oh, I got a house debt. No, you don't have house debt. When that mortgage is paid off, you got a home. Mm-hmm. There's no school debt. No. When you pay off that student loan, you got an education that yeah. you went to. So it's like people, like they, they misunderstand debt. Like anything in your house is equity. Yeah, it's value. I mean, and then the fact that you get to use it and you enjoy a family in it, and your and your family loves it, and they're safe. Like you're talking about the the sagging beams <laughs> over there. It's like, isn't it nice that it's safe now? Yes. Right? It's like this stuff. Too many too many bad haircuts in houses. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing in Houston? The the whole didn't that propane thing blow up that factory? Oh, that was the one that happened recently. Yeah. yeah. So you know what it was? The freaking wire was a little off. Mm-hmm. And then it sparked, ba Because, you know, it was a warehouse and they put all this stuff. But, you know, like this, like that, boom. Yeah. Two people died. Yeah. 
that was that was an insane shortcuts thing. i mean like because the, the, the internet blew up that point at yeah. least around here it's yeah. like did you feel the the city yeah. shake shortcuts yeah they, they and when they did the investigation it came down a shortcut yeah a little a little shortcut here and uh, no no don't worry about it. no one's a, there it is yeah yeah and I, I think that it can actually create a situation where like you end up being frustrated with yourself yep. you know because like I knew that it was the cheap route. I chose the cheap route and now I'm having to deal with the consequences of that. I'm now I'm having to deal with all the, you know, the, the aftermath of that decision of, you know, the, the pool being, you know, it's a, you know, lesser grade material or, or whatever it is. You know, I, I still remember like one of the, one of the first fights my wife and I had was over a washer and dryer, you know, and, and we didn't have a lot of money, but I, I'd, I'd always wanted, wanted to, you know, operate under let's, let's buy the best we could afford. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just went back and forth on it for a long time. And it was, I think it was like six or seven years later when we still had that washer and dryer. And she was like, thank you for getting the nice washer and dryer, you know? And then you could pull from others. Like, I think it's right. Like invest in, like say, if it comes to you, your body, your house, you don't shortcut, but you know what you say? Well, I don't have the money. Well, you know what? Don't eat out as much. Right. Right. Don't go drinking. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, little stuff like that you could really pull from mm-hmm. that's hundreds of dollars. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, invest it and you can, it's so good. Like you said, it's so worth it. You're six years later. You're proud of it. You're like, yeah, yeah. See, we, we did good. Yeah. And that was worth every penny. Which was, which was a rare moment where I was right, right. by the way. I mean, oh, like, sure. that was, that's like my one win. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because it's because you're like, listen, we're going over value over price. So you never like when you shop for price, that's the problem. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta but I think it, you're right that you could find a good, a good price what a valuable product. Too. Yeah. So that's where it takes the research. And, but no matter how much research you do, you just got to wind up making a decision mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think you're right. I mean, there are so many products that you put in your house, whether it's an appliance or, or just a plumber coming in or it's a, you know, on a toilet or whatever it is. Um, think about how that's going to last. In fact, I uh, had a friend call me just the other day and said, Hey, uh, foot surgery. I can't go over to one of my rental homes and put a new kitchen faucet in, but the last renter uh, must've broken it. Can, would you mind going over there and fixing it? I said, sure. And he said, well, by the way, we also need you to go pick one out. Like if you just go get one. And I said, okay, fine. Um, and this person said, I don't want this, this, or this. And I said, okay, well, let, let me just go see what's available. So one of the ones that they said they don't, they didn't want was a Moen brand. Yeah. And I said, okay, why do you want them? Well, someone told me that they have p- plastic parts. Well, that's what, that's what broke. And I don't want plastic parts again. I want all good, solid parts. And so I called her back after I had found the one that I thought she should give as a Moen. And I said, one of the things you need to know is they've got a lifetime warranty on all of their parts. So if anything ever breaks, they'll replace it for free. And she said, oh, um, I think I want a mowing. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and it's like, you know, you get you get what you pay for. But, but, I mean, sometimes what someone told you isn't accurate. Do your research. Find out for yourself. Take the time. And, and at the end of the day... You're going to be happier with the product you buy anyway. I mean, a lot of times the more expensive product's a little bit better, <laughs> and you like it a little bit more, even though it was more expensive. And you know, it, expense doesn't always equate to better, but you get what you pay for, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
uh, Chris, we, we, we've kind of, we, we went all the way back to the bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. We went through chiropractic school and then, and now the hero project. I don't, I don't want to get through the whole show without getting to talk about your, your latest uh, venture that you've got mm-hmm. going on now with the, with the stem cell stuff, all right, yeah. which is just super intriguing to me. I mean, like it, 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 you were, you're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dumb and don't understand medical stuff, but you're, you're explaining it to me a little bit. Could you, to could you explain to everybody sure. what it is that you're working on now? Well, my other company is called Renew Life Rejuvenation. And it started with uh, my 80-year-old mom. Um, the day of 9-11, she got in a fender bender. It was just a fender bender. But I saw her one right knee absolutely disable her over the next couple of years. Mm. I mean, it went from over-the-counter medication, she couldn't sleep, then more harder medication, then the knee scope, then the steroid shots. Nothing's working. So at 80, they're like, listen, no more steroid shots. You need knee replacement. Yeah. And it's like, but then also like at your age though, we don't know if knee replacement is an option. And we have this other thing called pain management for life. So that's the opioids and that's right. The, that's when then, you get then, hooked then, on yeah, the bad my stuff. My mom's yeah. a drug addict in her eighties, right? So, um, so I heard about these stem cells and even with my chiropractic patients, you know, I can help your spine, but it's like people have, how about my shoulder? How about my elbow? My knees don't hurt my hips. I need a hip replacement, my feet or neuropathy, you know, like when the nerves, of the feet die, it's like, I felt a little impotent because I couldn't help someone who had late stage degeneration. It was gone. Like I could help you preserve mm-hmm. and, and get better. But like, man, like when that tissue has gone, it's gone. Yeah. And so with the research with stem cells, now we're able to orthopedically in those joint areas, you know, shoulders, elbows, hips, knees, especially neuropathy, even spine degeneration, you could place these young, powerful stem cells. And what is a stem cell? It's like your internal healing mechanism. It's it, they, they replicate themselves and they differentiate into dis- different tissues. So if it's in the knee and you got no cartilage in the knee, you put it in there, it mimics and it literally regenerates the knee tissue. It, it, it multiplies cartilage. Mm. And so when you put that new tissue in there, it's like putting a new brake pad in. You know, it's right. like that tissue is there. And when someone's in their 50s, 60s and 70s and you restore the cartilage, you restore the joint to the way it was when they were 20, by the time that thing wears itself out, they'll be long gone. Hmm. So now it's amazing to see people avoid shoulder surgeries and knee surgeries and, and get off get off drugs. And neuropathy was crazy because neuropathy, medicine, it just gives you drugs that numb your brain and wait till they got to cut off your, your legs, you know, to yeah. cut off your ankles. So just to see people heal and get off those drugs and walk normal again. And my mom's going to be 82 and she walks three miles a day. I Did, mean- So she never had the knee replacement? No. Yeah, in 12 months, she's, you know, she's walking three miles a day, walking up and down. Like, great. That's awesome. She'll never, she'll never need the name replacement. And here it is just like, it's totally, it's changing people's lives. Because as you age, when you lose your balance, when you lose your mobility, you lose your freedom. And so many people, right? It's, again, it's that secret. Hey, work your butt off, guys. And someday there's this promised land of retirement. You're going to get to do all those things, the trip that's at the car. You yeah. have all that. Just work. And then so many people, they, their bodies break down before they get there. And they spend the rest of their, their retired life trying to pay to get their health back, but it's too late. Mm. And so now, um, in fact, today, an article came out, they literally created a, a beating heart with stem cells. So this stuff, the Mayo Clinic is doing amazing stuff. Uh, a lot of sub- celebrities and athletes used to, were getting this for a while, but now it's more affordable in the States. So mm. it's just amazing. I mean, how uh, it's awesome. And I got it done in my shoulder and my lower back as well. And um, it's great. So, I mean, and this is a service you guys are now offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the educator, the actual medical, uh, the, the doctors we have actually do the procedure. Right. Yeah. So I educate. That's awesome. And yeah. why do I do it? Like we said again, because I have an experience with it. Yeah, because you know? your mom. It's my mom. I was trying to vindicate and her so much to get her, her life back. Yeah. She was, go. Oh, this is, because I was saying, this is it. 
This is it. Like, you know, you're like, this is it. This is how it's going to be. This is the, the, cause it, everybody kind of goes downhill. I like, Oh, this is the downhill. I'm watching it happen. Yeah. And so to see her rocking and rolling and becoming autonomous again and living life on her terms, it's super, super amazing. And so has she gone back to see the doctors that were telling her to get the, the knee surgery and all that kind of stuff? Oh yeah. They love it. The doctors didn't want to. Good orthopedic surgeons. Like, listen, you're 80. We don't know if you're going to get through that surgery. Yeah. See, orthopedic surgeons have issues. If you're too young, they're like, listen, Dude, if we do your hip or knee, you're going to need like another one later on. Right. And then if you're too old, they're like, you're too old for this stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't know if you'll make it through there. So this became a beautiful thing in the middle to help spare that person. Or let's say that 40-year-old person, like they could keep from getting it. You know, Mm -hmm. it just, it really gave them a a really uh, wonderful product in between. Yeah. To help people. Because a really, really good orthopedic surgeon, like they know we're not giving you steroid shots because it eats away the joint. It destroys the destroys the tissue. And so, they, you know, they, they have a, a wonderful other tool now. Mm. Man, I, I wish that would have repaired ACLs. Because <laughs> if, if like stem cells could like reconnect an ACL, yeah, that would have yeah. been awesome about a yeah, year you're and right. a half if ago. They, they, if they're flapping over here and got to be tied, it doesn't. But they will heal. <laughs> but if the ACL is slightly torn. Yeah. It could heal that, but like if they're oh, mine was yeah. flapping. Yeah, they got to tie this thing. Like it's not, it's not that until you know it's yeah. a, they don't, they don't tie things. Now, have you ever, you ever heard of uh, Michaela Peterson? Uh, it's Jordan Peterson's daughter. I heard of Jordan Peterson. Heard of Jordan Peterson. Yes. So do you know about the carnivore diet and all that kind of stuff that Absolutely, he does? Yeah. So he got all that from his daughter because she was she was doing um, elimination diets mm-hmm. because she was having so much neuropathy yeah. in her hip and in her feet. And part of his part of the story have you have you read his book? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. You, you've heard the story about her hip and her all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So you're you're absolutely right. I mean, because she had that hip replacement and the ankle replacement. I think when she was like 13. I know. And she yeah. just had to have it done again, the ankle. Yeah. And it was, it, it, you know, th- her diet stuff has really helped with all of the neuropathy. But because she had it so young, that ankle replacement, it didn't sit well. Now that she's yeah. well into her 20s, and she had to have it done again. And so, and so yeah. you're absolutely right. Those orthopedics yeah. are looking at it and going like, look, you're so young. Yeah. Everybody likes to point the finger at the medical doctor. And I used to as well. Mm-hmm. But then I realized it's like, they're like, Hey, I'm in an insurance trip in healthcare system. I'm limited. Right. I could, I'm, I, I, I only could give you drugs, surgery and rehab. Like I'm limited. I want to help people, but I'm limited by the right. system. I'm, yeah. You know, so, the, so it's really wonderful with these ways. Again, it's having the body heal itself. You know, the brain tells those little helper cells what needs to be done. So it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. And I, you know, but you look at your iPhone now, it's like, look what happened in a, a decade with an iPhone. And you mean you can't advance better in human health? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, uh, it's, it's really a wonderful thing. I'm so pleased with it. Mm. That's awesome. Kev, you got anything else, man? Uh, well, uh, no, I mean, I think we've, we've covered a lot. I appreciate you uh, coming in and, and sharing a, a lot of a lot of what I what I believe is wisdom, <laughs> a lot of uh, stuff for for our listeners to to consider and to think for sure. So, um, and and now what we've got is the final three. The final three. Well, didn't he like give up one of them already? Well, I didn't give up. I alluded to. <laughs> oh, alluded, alluded to, to. The, final four. the final four. We're back, <laughs> folks. We are full back. throttle. <laughs> yes, I alluded. Woo, that was a close one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what we were going to do. We were going to have revolting yeah, in the streets. No, people, no, no mutiny. <laughs> yeah, people are going to be cheated like, out of our four. <laughs> exactly. Like they're going to they're going to go. This is going to be this the is, thing no. that they're you know their passion is dropping now because I, they're like, what a, am I supposed to do? Yeah, Kevin, a, it's it's all right. We'll 
we'll offer a full refund. Yeah. Ace, hard, <laughs> Ace, hard, Ace Hardware at Omo took the, the, the right. thing off the table. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, we were, uh, this is a close one. They gave Jeez. us three. All right. So, so we're going to, here we go. Final four. First question is this. What is the must-have tool you won't leave your house without? Um, it's my phone. Yeah. It really is a tool now. Yeah. With those apps, it's crazy. I can measure stuff. I took a picture of something and it measured it. Yeah. That's insane. See, it's I'm, I'm alien. not the only one, Kev, it's that's alien, insane. It's no, you that loves that oh. measure app. I love like that this, thing. It's like, <laughs> no, it's awesome. No, no yeah. matter what angle. It bigger, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 alien technology. And it, its accuracy is insane. <laughs> that's what's really unbelievable about the thing. No, you're, you're right. And, and it's no secret. All of our listeners know the number one tool on the homeowner show of people that we ask this question to is phone. Because if I need to do something, I go to YouTube University. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's all there. So yeah. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a recent story, Craig's interaction with the measure app. So <laughs> I, I had a customer recently that had a uh, honeybee infestation up in the top of there. It was a two-story home. They had it up in the top. And they said, how high do you think that is? I said, hang on one second. Oh, <laughs> and I measured it and I took the picture of it and I showed it. It's 20 feet. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's much better than what my my good friend from college and I used to do, uh-huh. uh, where people we we would we would do really stupid things, you know, because we're in college, and we'd we'd get up in like in line behind people at the cafeteria or something, mm-hmm. and we'd be like we'd say something like, "How many do you think? How many things do you think are on that buffet over there?" And the other one would be like, mm, "I think about four miles." Four miles, yeah. Are you sure four miles? I thought it. I thought it'd be more like three miles, and people are looking at us like, "What are you talking about?" And we would we would do this all the time. So people would say, "How high do you think it is from here to the top of that building?" We'd be like, "Maybe about four gallons." <laughs> we would say this stuff over and over, and people would just think we're idiots, and we were. Um, so that's the end of that story. All right, but it's a, it's much better actually use the measure app. Yeah, so, absolutely. Every time. Yeah. So uh, my, my, my friend and I don't do that anymore. Good. good. Wait, yeah. I don't know why. We should. You should have a little reunion. <laughs> I, I have a feeling it's coming back. That's right. <laughs> people, people are going to start uh, doing this. It's going to be the thing. I think. Probably not. No. No, it's not going to happen. All right. Number two. Um, so, so you mentioned a job that someone walked away from your house on. Yeah. That, that's where I was kind of actually yeah, getting yeah. confused earlier. Mm-hmm. So what is a job that you've walked away from? It was the same one. It was the paper thing. Because <laughs> then I said, screw this. I'm not, I'm not this. doing it. I'll, I'll let the moss grow in between the papers. <laughs> All natural, baby. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, so like, so, so what happened was you hired someone. They walked away. To seal just, it. They were going to put the, it's like the stuff you do on there. You just kind of sweep it and it seals it mm-hmm. and the sand in between it. And so it kind of creates that barrier. And uh, yeah, they just. They left. They disappeared. That's wow. crazy. They didn't finish it. Wow. I couldn't find them. That's no good. No good at all. And you'd already nope. paid them? Oh, yeah. Man. I know. I learned. So, so, uh-huh. so what did you do at that point? Did you call someone else, I guess, and say, hey. Oh, I he said you. he left it. He was in- no, I tried to get my money back because I'm like, you didn't. He's like, well, you know, they don't do this anymore. They they kind of split up and they owe me money. It was like, so everybody owed everybody money. Yeah. He oh, said, okay. He come, said. We're going to put a lien on your house because the one guy, the guy says, well, I did my work, so I'll just put a lien on your I'm like, it became that type of, and I'm thinking if I just would have spent a little bit more, a little bit more, mm-hmm. none of this problem would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So wow. anyways. Okay. Well, let's move on. Yes. Just like you had to from the mm-hmm. pool. Yes. <laughs> Third question. How do you wind down at the end of a long day? 
Um, I read a book, I'll come home I'll, I'll, and I'll sit down and read. And that is just really the best way to do it because then it kind of shifts my mind back to that like personal growth mindset. Cause mm. sometimes at the end of the day, um, I'm beating myself up on some things, but I'm also enjoying my wins. So I'm kind of off North. What I call North is like every morning I read a certain thing. Like I get, I get centered or mm-hmm. North, you know, yeah. to North and that gets me back where I need to be. And, and def, I don't do phone or no, no technology at night. Okay. Yeah. Even though I have those blue blocker glasses on that stuff, it yeah. just, I just don't do tech, tech at night about so an hour before. Are you, are you reading nonfiction fiction? What do you, what do you know? Like more personal development, like head mindset stuff or you know, like, Oh, you know, just, I, I, something that gives you like a, an aha, like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Like I'm reading a book right now called mindset by Carl Dweck. It's about a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And a lot of times, for instance, example, a perfectionist, Mm -hmm. they really have a fixed mindset because they want to do everything perfect. So they, they, they uh, shelter themselves from learning new things because when you learn something new, you're not good at it. Right. So then it's like they, they don't do So the perfection, they, they use that. They don't move. They don't grow. Mm. They stay fixated. So just little stuff like that. I'm like, oh, so the kid that raises their hand, even though they'll get the question wrong, to them, they're like, well, if I get it wrong, I learned. Yeah, I learned something. Or someone yeah. they don't want it because they don't want to seem like uh, an idiot. You know? Right, so yeah. So it's, it's just really, it's, it's, it helps me even teach my kids a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Check that one out. Yeah. I'm always looking for a new... New read. Just like that. You know, I get that one thing and it just gets me thinking on a good. How, how long do you spend reading when you, when you're doing that? I'd say 15, uh, 15 or 20 minutes. It, okay. When you know, like when you start to feel your mind start to get like, okay. When you're not going to get anything from it yeah, anymore. Yeah. 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 When okay. You, when you feel tapped. I got you. Mm. All right. Last question. Yes, sir. All right. What is one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Yeah. Uh, um, never lower the target. Hmm. It's another thing I, reg- I regret every time and you're everybody listening, every time you lowered your target or your, ex- your, or your vision, your expectation that you wanted, you always regret it. Mm. Always regret it. You t- oh, well, because you wanted it faster. You lower the target, you compromise. Mm. Sometimes, oh, well, I could have it now, but it just a little bit, it's, 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 it's okay. You always regret it. So in my life, the things I regret are because I lowered the target. Mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted. I had the vision of it and I lowered the target. I settled for less and I paid for it dearly. Mm. Bad. Wow. Now, Regret. Is, is that something that you you gleaned from experience or did you actually hear that from somebody? Both. Both? I gleaned from experience. And when I heard someone say that, I was like, oh my God. And so I go, that's absolutely correct. It was the greatest word because it's like, our insecurities cause us to lower the target. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I finances. Well, maybe uh, I won't make that, so I'll lower the target. Or, or a relationship. Maybe I'll I'll settle for this person because maybe I won't meet that person. Like mm. the insecurities get involved. And my dad's advice to me, one of the best things was, he was a guy. He's like, it's the end result that counts. So my dad and my mom be like, hey, that guy's you know he's stealing from us. It's, it's the end result that counts. Like you know he was always about the end result, mm-hmm. no matter like. If people screwed him over, like he was like, as long as the end result, if I have to work harder than the other person, that's fine. It's always the end result, the finished product that counts. So the end result that counts, but on piggybacking on that, never lower the target. Yeah. Even if it means you never hit the target. Yeah. Because I think when you lower the target, you feel the regret and it's like your self-value goes down. Like you, you settled for something that was less than what you were worth. Mm. I, I love that because, uh, and, and this is something that I've, I've, taught for years is is people rise to expectation but the opposite is also true mm-hmm. that they lower themselves to expectation so set your expectations higher and you'll achieve them because 
people rise to expectations. So it's a similar idea, a little bit different, but you know, set expectations high and, and don't be afraid of them. Yeah. And I hear that too. I was watching uh, someone, a couple older guys were getting interviewed and like, ah, oh, I just should have, should have set my goals higher. Mm. And these were successful people. Yeah. They're like, really? Look how good you're doing. No, no, I, 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 I should have went for bigger goals. Mm. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we just, we just sold a bed. You're, you're wondering how, how is this? relevant kevin it's coming around um <laughs> so so we we just sold a bed my 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 daughter uh, inherited a, a new bed mm-hmm. and so i put her old bed up on uh up on facebook marketplace right um i'm hoping the person that bought it is not listening right now because uh two and a half years ago when we bought this bed we bought it for 75 dollars um i i felt like i got an incredible steal at the time uh, it's a it's a beautiful bed. Came with a mattress, everything. Um, I sold it yesterday for a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So so I made twenty five bucks on this bed that I used for for two and a half years. Jeez, that's awesome. <laughs> and and here's the here's the crazy thing. Um, I put it up on Thursday, and by yesterday, whenever I sold it, I had over a dozen people asking if it was still available. <laughs> So what I know is I should have priced it higher. Should have priced it higher, <laughs> right? I should have priced yeah. it higher. I should have priced it for one hundred and fifty dollars. And if I had two people come after me and say, "Is this still available?" Then I would have doubled what I <laughs> and, and used it for two and a half years. So again, set your target higher, <laughs> and and maybe you'll get more than what you expected out of yourself. Mm. Right? Always, always, always go higher. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, man, you you answered those questions like a champ. What you didn't know is that there's a secret fifth question. Bring it on. I yeah. Love it. Thank you. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they find you? Was that my secret question? That's the That's, secret uh, question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's um, disappointed, man. Um, yeah, you could follow me at Instagram. It's at Dr. Zano. So it's that's D-R-Z-A-I-N-O, Dr. Zano. And I answer all my DMs and comments. I'm, I can account me. for that. <laughs> I, I always, I always, that's always me because that, that's human connection, right? That's yeah. what social media is yeah. for. Yeah. Um, and so I always do that. And uh, yeah, just do that. That's the best way to get me and and tag me. Or or you could get to email me at drzano at drzano.com. So yeah. those are the two things. I, I'd encourage people to go check out your YouTube channel yeah, too. There's, there's a lot too. of good content over there as well. Um, yeah. a, lot, a lot of good inspirational stuff. Yeah, that show We Are Heroes was good. What I did, that was when I was going through my tran- transition of life. Not, you know, I'm, let's got to be careful how we use that word <laughs> transition. Right. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a transformation, just a transition. Yes. So I, I hired a, a videographer to follow me. You know why? Because it held me accountable to going through with it. Mm. Cause like, well, if it's on, you know, that was like me yeah. holding myself accountable cause it was easy to just stay the way things were. So, yeah. It turned out great, man. I, I enjoyed know, so it. So. I had fun doing it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so no, no, here's even better one. No, no. I have a gift for everybody. So oh, okay. if you go to I am hero.com, so mm-hmm. it's I am a com. I got a really good masterclass that kind of goes over some of the mindset topics we talked about. Oh, okay. So that's, that's, uh, that's my gift to you guys. And it's really cool. You'll enjoy it. Awesome. We'll, we'll put that up in the show notes yeah. and send it out with the email this week as well. So that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I know everyone listening will want to check that out. Absolutely. So Kev, you're going to go take it now, aren't you? Well, yeah, I'm. He's going to have to get in line. I'm. I'm I've got like seven master classes I'm taking right now. So, I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm Kev, gonna just be a, just set that target higher. Yeah, eight. It, eight eight's a little higher. Expectations. So yeah. So no, I, I, that's that's awesome, man. I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to that myself. Yeah, so it'll be good. I, I, one of one of the things that 
I, I think our listeners probably understand this. Craig, Craig and I feel differently about life than I think some people do. And, and it, you know, y- your home is a big, is a big part of your life. Um, but, but more than that, like your headspace is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think you've spoken into that in, in a really, really big way. And so, so I appreciate that. I hope our listeners have, have enjoyed this episode. Thank you for, for coming on and, and, and giving us your time. I think it's very valuable. And considering that this podcast costs you nothing, I think you got a lot of wisdom out of this today. So thanks for downloading. Thanks for, uh, you know, subscribing, for supporting us. Uh, you know, we, we would love to continue to get more ratings and reviews. So if you have an opportunity, go leave us a review. We would love that. Uh, and like always, man, we're here every single Tuesday. So thank you for supporting us. And until then, we will see you next time. See you.